0: Welcome back to the Shaggin' Balls Baseball Podcast with co workers. I am your host, Jake, and I am joined by my three co hosts, Pete, Casey, and J Rob. Say hello to the internet, guys.
1: What's up? How's it going?
0: And then there's J. Rupp. You'll hear from him. Sounds <laughs> <No. laughs> so enthusiastic right now. <laughs> I kind of hit them all at the same time. I didn't go individually. I didn't go down the line like last time. I'll do that. I'll be it's better right. next time.
2: Um, we forgive you.
0: Thank you. If you guys want to reach out to us, you can, we have an email. It's the Shaggin Balls Podcast at gmail.com. dot Balls Podcast at so, uh, gmail.com.
1: dot
0: Get it, A-Rob. We can hear J-Rob's brother and Bo gaming in the background, which is fantastic. I'm sure they won their Warzone game or scored a goal in FIFA. I don't know what they're playing. But I'm sure it's going to be less exciting than this podcast. We have prepared some topics that we're going to talk about, but we're just going to let things flow. Um, The first topic that we are going to talk about was a suggestion from Pete. And if you guys have any suggestions, just email us at that Uh, email address and we will read all of the emails. I can guarantee that because Casey will do it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) But the first
0: first topic is about the KBO currently the only base professional baseball league that is still going or is active and actually playing meaningful games. So the KBO is the Korean baseball league organization, I guess I should say. Um, and Pete, do you want to go ahead and set up the question that you proposed to all of us? If you have it there, I can Absolutely. Read
3: it. Absolutely. So the question that I had for the group was, if you've watched any Korean baseball, followed by why or why not, have you not watched Korean baseball? And then if you have watched, what did you like or dislike about it? And so I'd just go first with my experience with that is, I've watched a tiny bit of Korean baseball, like some clips here and there, and like I turned it on on ESPN one time just to, like watch a little bit, but I've never like fully sat down and watched it. Which I mean, like I love baseball. I mean, mainly I watch my team, the Yankees, obviously, but I just love baseball. Like it's just a thrilling game to me, and like so I know. I just, if I sat down and watch Korean baseball, because from the little bits I have seen, it's, you know, fairly similar. I feel like I'd enjoy it, but I just haven't had that buy-in yet. And I'm just, like, not sure whether that's because of, I just don't feel a connection to the teams, don't really know any of the players or anything like that. So that's why I haven't got my full buy-in, especially with no other sports on right now, or, like, what the deal is. So I was just wondering what your, as experience is with it. And so... J-Rob, if you want to go ahead and talk about your thoughts on that.
2: Well, I, like, kind of in the same boat, I haven't watched a ton of the Korean baseball, but I have, like, on lunch, there's been a couple times where they've shown some, well, sorry, like, when we're at work, there's, like, some Korean baseball reruns on, and I feel like anytime it's on, honestly, I'd rather watch that than Friends or The Office or whatever anyone else has on probably mainly because it's the only sports on dv right now but one thing uh, honestly the first thing i think that jumped out to me was i forgot that there wasn't any fans in the stands like i was watching the game and it wasn't until like after 20 or 30 minutes of watching that i realized that there's no fans there so i think that's one thing
0: it's weird as, man because they put like the crowd sound into it yeah it, I mean, I have you
1: noticed doing. they have like the They have the... I've noticed they have the cardboard cutouts, too. Like, the, like, people behind it. Some yeah, In
2: some places I've seen that, yeah. Yeah. It's funky. And so, and I'm like, I don't know. It's, like, not as bad. It's like you're just watching a game normally. Like, it's not going to seem like it's different. I'm sure there's some aspect for, like, the players that's probably a little bit different, obviously, because you're surrounded by this or you just make a sick play. Fans go crazy and it's just, like, dead silent or whatever. Or you see the, like it's just your what i think teammates or go for it. yeah it's just your teammates and what i was gonna say i feel like it'd be super dope or funny if you're like a, a player you're just and you can still hear it normally but just the smack talk from the other team you're just gonna hear that a yeah, lot true. more because it's the only thing you can hear like minus your teammates as well but um that was the first thing i noticed just no fans but i mean yeah even though i don't know the players like you said pete it's not the Cardinals, like, it's still baseball. I mean, or just sports in general. So I'm drawn to it. But, like, I mean, I don't notice a dramatic difference in, like, skill or anything. I mean, obviously, I mean, I also haven't seen baseball since, what, like, October of last year. So it's been a long time. But, I mean, it's still a good league. There's still good players and everything over there. And so it's not like we're watching little league or anything like that so I mean I like it from what I've seen again I haven't seen a ton but I think it's good baseball it's something to watch they got
0: cheerleaders so I forgot about that <laughs> yeah. Casey uh
1: yeah I'm gonna same boat as you guys I haven't really followed it a ton I I almost haven't actually watched any highlights besides what I've seen on Twitter uh and they only showed the dinos on Twitter that's how I know they're a team um <laughs> uh, <laughs> so i mean it's hard for me just because i i'm in love with the mlb and like i'm kind of biased i guess i want to watch major league baseball i get it korean baseball is the only thing on that is playing meaningful games uh but it's it's hard for me to get into it really um just for and like watching it live too i'm looking at the uh, dino schedule right now and they have a schedule all the way out through it looks like october But the games are super late, uh, 3.30 in the morning, 11 at night. So it's like, it's hard for me because I want to watch it live and I want to watch the meaningful baseball. It's, for me, even like watching Major League Baseball, just watching like highlights or reruns of games after I already know what's happening, it's kind of, it's hard for me to get into it and like fully invest just because I want to know what's happening currently. So it's hard for me to get into. Um, I want to get more into it, it's just... I don't know if I can fully devote myself to it. I'm kind of I'm kind of against it. With it, I kind of like hearing more of the news about Major League Baseball than I am the games being played in Korea.
2: Yeah, I feel like one thing or like a big part for me. Or, or, well, there's two things. One, like I mean, if I'm scrolling through TV and I see Korean baseball on, I'll stick there and watch it, even if it is a rerun. But like, part of that is, yeah, it's like I do 100%. I prefer watching a live baseball game, but like, not even necessarily in person, just by live. I mean, like, it's currently happening, not like a rerun. But I think that's part of the struggle. Is yeah, I mean, I'm up at 11 o'clock at night pretty much every night, but 3:30 in the morning. I mean, sometimes, but not usually. I'm <laughs> late, so it's hard to catch a game. I think is a big thing. But as well, I feel like to be fully invested in it or like actually care about it enough you have to be up with like all the news about it. Like who's injured, who's hot, who's on a hitting streak, who like what the rivalry is. Like you go watch a game and it could be the biggest rivalry in the league. And you're not going to have any idea because you haven't looked into it at all. And so I feel like at least for me, like those two things. And I mean, that's on me, obviously if there's a game at 11 o'clock or if I'm invested into it enough, I can figure out what games are at 11, watch them kind of pick a team I like, or at least one I see regularly. And then, like, do more research on it or whatever and find more. But I feel like that's the struggle. It's just because it is on the other side of the world, like, it just makes it harder to watch. And then from there, I feel like if I could watch it more, I would get more invested. But uh, I don't know if you guys agree with that or if you have different thoughts or just because it's not the MLB, you don't care as much.
0: Yeah, I think, like Peter said, it's hard because there's not, like my fandom for uh, like the Padres come because that's where I grew up. So like there's a hometown affiliation for me and it's more like rooted in like who I am as a person. So there isn't that immediate connection, which is kind of tough to get over. Like I, it's difficult also because it's just, in a, there's a language barrier. Um, like I can't watch the game and say who's like that player's last name or his first name. Cause I can't read it. And so that, that part's difficult. But after Pete uh, proposed this question, I went to go look because my my answer to this question would have just been I watched opening night on ESPN. And then like the next day or the day after, I went to like watch ESPN to go see if there was like a replay I could go see. And there wasn't really anything at all. So I was really disappointed. And that's kind of when I fell off in the league until Pete asked the question. And then so I went to go look it up on YouTube and I found like a game. And then like the first graphic on the YouTube video was all like five different Twitch channels. It was twitch.tv slash KBO one, two, three, four, and five. There was five they have five different Twitch channels that broadcast all the games in the KBO. Now they're all in Korean which if you can get over that, then you have the full catalog of games that you can go through and watch and you can fast forward in between the pitches through the commercials. So that's what I did. I went and watched a couple games. So I picked like the uh, LG Twins. They're based in Seoul. There's only 10 teams in the whole league. Um, But the reason I picked them was because um, the Korean teams are only allowed three foreign born players on the team. Otherwise, the rest of the roster has to be Korean. And um one of the foreign players for the twins was Casey Kelly, and he was like an old prospect that the Padres had. So I was like, oh, I'll pick Casey Kelly. I'll pick I'll watch the Twins. So I watched the Twins, and uh Casey Kelly didn't do too well uh this in today's game on uh June 3rd. He gave up like six runs. Um that's besides the point. Like watching the same team a couple times, there was definitely a few players that like stuck out to me personally I was like I like how this guy's handling himself in the box and how he can read like the fly balls like their center fielder um was somebody that I was like oh I like this guy a lot so there's a few players that I like I enjoy more now after watching them um but yeah so I guess I should I don't know if I should say it or not but like I also when I watched the games I streamed it myself on Twitch so I was watching like the restream which I don't legal <laughs> but i did it anyways because i yeah. went and looked through and i saw like four other people like streaming it like or like i don't know if they did when it was live but i was like sure why not so i had like a handful of korean people like talk to me while i was watching the game and they're like do you recognize that hitter i was like no i don't and they're like he played in the major leagues and it was like Su kim he played like one year with the orioles i was like oh yeah i do remember that guy and then they showed, like, this other dude who's, like, ripped. His pecs were, like, coming out of his, like, compression shirt and stuff. I was like, yo, that guy's ripped. And then someone's like, do you know who that is? I was like, no. They're like, that's, uh, you'll know who this is, uh, Jordan. He was a reliever. His last name was O. Hong Sung Oh or something. Oh,
2: yeah. Is he in the Korean League now? Yeah,
0: he is. I think he's rehabbing currently because he looked like, like the footage they showed of him looked like he was just doing a bunch of like exercises and stuff. But he's with yeah, the he, uh, Samsung Lions. And I was like, oh yeah, I do know him. I didn't know he was in the KBO. So yeah. it's funny to see these like other Koreans who have like touched like uh, a person that you'll know, Casey, is uh, Dae Ho Lee. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so De Lee, he played uh, one year with the Mariners. He's in the KBO as well, and he's on the Giants. Really? I mean, yeah, so he he's over there. I haven't seen the Giants play, but, yeah, there's a few pros who have, like, come back <laughs> and stuff. So, o- overall, as, like, the baseball quality itself, it's not on the level of major leagues. It's not – I don't even know where – the KBO would rank in, like, professional leagues across the world. I assume, uh, I think it's the MPB, the J- Japanese League. I, th- I assume that one's pretty close uh, to being to the top. I don't know if it's, like, major leagues and then AAA and then A and then it goes to the other leagues or not, if it's, like, it falls in that order. But, like, the thing that stands out or... I guess the lack of is like tools. And so like, what I mean is there's not like high velocity in these games. Like these guys are just t- touching 90 if they're like on their like peak pitches. It's a lot of like soft stuff from the pitchers. There's not like a freaking Manny Machado or Aaron slinging the ball across the diamond. Like it's very clean fundamental mechanics, um, but there's nothing like super flashy to it. Besides the bat flips, the bat flips are sweet. <laughs> But, yeah, those are my thoughts on, like, the KBO. I enjoy watching it, like you guys said. Um, It's baseball, and I'll take it. I just didn't know that there was such a directory that I could access on Twitch to rewatch anything that I wanted. So I think I will keep up on some of the Twins games because some of the players are interesting to me.
2: What do you guys think? Do you guys feel like one thing this made me think of or like when you brought up oh like because i was like oh yeah cardinals pitcher and then my next thought was miles michlis as like and i can't remember where he played at but he actually played he played in japan two, yeah, in, yeah yeah i just looked up in japan but i knew it was a year two overseas and so my thought was like how big is like professional baseball around the world or like i mean factoring in with the mlb because like miles michlis I think this was his last year was the second year with the Cardinals. Yeah, I think um, that's right. But like, he's a pretty good pitcher. Like, or I mean, he's done well with us. I mean, he's not necessarily an ace, but like he's a solid three pitcher. And so, I mean, and that's a good pickup because, I mean, we find him overseas. But like, I mean, do you guys feel like, and again, that's the Japanese league, not the Korean league. But I mean,
0: well, um, how does it
2: feel from the minors even?
0: Yeah, that's a good question cuz there's there's a handful of people who go over and then come back. As far as the position player side, Marcus Thames did it and that was in the KBO. That was in the Korean League. Um but I don't know like what the like major league teams look for in a player who's gone to play foreign ball to like mm-hmm. then bring them back. The Padres signed a, a pitcher from the KBO who Pierce Johnson, he was like with the Giants. But like he went over there and absolutely dominated. Like he figured out like his like his bread and butter. He had his his solid velocity, but his slider was like his was a great strikeout pitch, and he just like put up insane numbers over there. So I don't know like where the threshold is like where it's comparable to like if they're going to go see Miles Michaelis again. It's like does he have to have like two point seven ERA to like a three point three ERA and striking out like over ten batters per nine? For them to be like, considered, like, oh, this guy could be beneficial for a major league team. I think that's like what comes to my mind when I think about uh, people like who came takes. up through the system and then <clears throat>
2: went foreign to like then come back. Yeah. Well, and I wonder what it is or like why um, players choose to go foreign instead of like back down into the minors. Like, is that because they're not getting any more chances or do they just feel like they have a better
3: chance like to play then. Yeah. I wonder if uh, too the like, compensation too, if you're like, yeah. Cause like Jake said, you're only allowed three foreign players. So I feel like there's probably a more bigger paycheck in that like designated spot than like dropping back down to two A or triple A. Yeah. but like, yeah. yeah Miles Michaelis.
2: Like, I mean, he got paid. Let's see. Oh, so it's a one year deal, but it's $700,000. So that's—I mean—I can imagine to play a over there than what you're going to get in the minors. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's and, cool. and that's below like,
0: like the minor league minimum or major league minimum too. Yeah, or above it. Yeah, I—I th- I assume it's got to be money. I, I assume these guys are getting paid like a million to three to like come over. Like Tyler Saladino went over, and that's a guy who's like on a major league team for most of the season, but he's probably flirting between triple A and uh not. But I assume it's got to be like mainly the money like money talks.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, but for them, they get the regular at bats. They know they're in like the star role. Like they're guaranteed like the reps kind of to go showcase, yeah.
2: I guess. Yeah. Well, and one thing, the Cardinals this off season, they signed actually from the Korean baseball league, um a 31 year old South Korean pitcher. Uh, and I'm trying to look up his stats and everything, but he went 17 and six with the 2.51 ERA in 190 and one third innings. Uh, um, Used with the SK, I can't even say this. R N S. Yeah, Wyverns. Oh, wow, <laughs> that was the team. You could try and get me to say it again. It's not gonna. Two so, point mean, <laughs> five one. I mean, that's obviously that's a good ERA. I mean, it's not the best we've ever seen. But that's a good ERA. But yeah, how does that compare? What's a two point five one ERA in the Korean baseball league? Like, what's that equivalent to? in the majors. Like is that like are we like three, three, five, like I don't know. Like and if he hasn't had a chance to play yet, obviously, because we just signed him this offseason and with everything going on, but I'm just curious to see what we do. And I mean the Cardinals, yeah, with the O. The, the year he was with us, we I think we had O for two years. The first year he did really well. Okay. Then the second year everyone just kinda of figured him out and so his numbers like dropped a lot. And then I think he went to one other two other teams and then he's like think. he's back. Yeah. So, what was his velocity
0: like? Do you have any recollection?
2: Um, I I don't think he was crazy, like, it wasn't bad, but yeah, I wasn't great. I got him pulled up too, real quick. I
0: I I think, think well, I like, I guess I'm answering kind of more of my question. I put out thinking of like Michaelis, uh, Pierce Johnson in the Padres sign, who I said has like a really wipeout slider pitch for like a reliever. Mm -hmm. But Michaelis, he has like the solid velocity, uh, which is like above average like trait for a fastball that you would want to look for to like survive uh, against major league hitters. But it's also his like curveball. I feel like there's like that specialty pitch they have. So I'm wondering if that like Korean pitcher you guys signed just has like a really devastating curveball rather than just like straight pitch ability and just putting up solid stats. Like there's got to be a pitch that the scouts are looking at him. and They're like, this is an above average pitch and it can do well.
2: Yeah.
0: Cause the best, I mean, is that true for Ryu, the Korean pitcher for the Dodgers? Who's now, who just signed with the blue Jays. I don't know if you guys know him very well at all.
3: Um, um, ever, I mean, I don't know him super well. I know he's had a pretty. He had insane first season. half. Did yeah. he start the
0: all-star mm-hmm. game?
3: Yeah. Ryu started the all-star game. I'm killing it.
1: What do you guys know? But what his like know. best
0: pitches? Is? is it his curveball or?
1: Oh yeah, it's either his curveball or his I think changeup. I want to say. Okay, so it's
0: it's still like some feel pitches that he picked up. Yeah, it's not straight fastball type feel.
2: Gotcha. So we just going back to O super quick. So just looking up him. So yeah, his fastball was like typically ninety two, ninety three, topped out at ninety six sliders in the 80s but it said just it looked like his cutter he had a really good cutter is okay. what was kind of his pitch so i wonder yeah like maybe it, they just saw something with that cutter is just a good put away pitch or whatever and then like i mean he was a closer so like obviously you have less pitches you're looking more for your put away pitch like i don't know maybe that's what they saw and that's why we they went for him but i don't know
0: yeah there's a yeah i think you're right on that the I think there's like the one big like prospect over there. He's like a, he's a client of Scott Boris's, so like ESPN loves to talk about him as like the big mm-hmm. deal. But he's on the Dinos. I can't remember his name, but I think he's like the three hole hitter, and he's like this lefty. But he's got he's got a really good like frame to him as like for a body. It's very strong. It's not uh, loose by any sense and whatnot. So. He, I guess, is, like, the one legitimate prospect who might be a name this offseason, I think they're saying, potentially. But the Korean—I don't know all the details. The Korean League must have, like, more lax rules about players from their league coming to the majors. Because, like, the Japanese League is very weird. Like, they have to wait until, like, they're a free agent, and then, like, the team posts them, and then all of the major league teams bid on that (laughs) player— And you then have to pay the team. Yeah, you pay the team just to talk to the player. And but there seems to be like way more Korean players just coming over to try it, see if they can make it here in like the last three to four years almost.
2: I don't know. Yeah, I feel like there's been a big push. Well, like, I mean, maybe it's just. Because I paid more attention to it the last few years. Not like that specifically, but just baseball and like the finer details. Yeah, even just looking at the cardinals like, oh, and then like even though Michael isn't a foreign player, like he's from here, but that's where we signed him from. Then there's Kim, the pitcher we signed this off season. So in the last five years there's at least three players and I mean they've all been pitchers, but at least three players coming from like Korea or Japan, like that those Asian Pacific like leagues. So I don't know. And then, I mean, yeah, there's a lot from around like the Angels. I can't, what's his name? I can't remember the pitcher. Uh,
1: is it Shohei Otani?
2: Yeah, Otani. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's like, I mean, and he's like a great, he's a power hitter. Like I was kind of skeptical of him, honestly, coming in. Not that I didn't think he's going to be good, but like someone that could actually hit pretty well and pitch pretty well. Like he does yeah, both, very both at the major match. league level. Yeah, like, I mean, he definitely is performing in the majors, like, when he's healthy, obviously, but, um, like, there's just, yeah, been a ton of people, I feel like, the last, I would say, five years, and maybe it's been longer than that, but just from what I've seen, a lot more players coming from, like, a different part of the world than I feel like
3: normally do. Like, occasionally you'll get some, but I feel like... That's interesting, too, because I feel like... Like you hear about the big name guys all the time, like Otani. Obviously we got Tanaka for the Yankees. We had Hideki Matsui. Darvish. There was that Boston pitcher. Yeah, Darvish. There was that Boston pitcher a couple years ago. Dice K. Can't remember. Yeah, Dice K. So I feel like, like you hear about all those big names all the time, but it seems like there's way more of a flow coming over that's just like not as highly publicized as all of them. So it would be interesting to see and also like how many come over here compared to how many are going over to play in Korea because there's all like Michaelis and stuff J Rob was talking about so it'd be interesting to see like how many come over here without the like only 3 spots rule compared to how who's going over to to Korea to play in other leagues foreign
0: another funny note for the KBO is uh the highest paid manager is on the Kia Tigers and it's Matt Williams. So that's an odd thing to have. I feel like... I think Bobby Valentine went, though. He, like, coached and he managed, like, a Japanese team and they won the title. Just I feel like that's, oh, that's weird. They're just straight teaching, like, fundamentals, but there's that language barrier. That's, that's got to be tough.
3: Yeah. it's going to be super tough.
0: Um, I'll go for it. Sorry, I was just I more random thoughts that are popping in my head. With Shohei Otani, I think he was a pretty unique case for a Japanese player coming from his league over to the U.S. Because he came over, like he foregoed uh, the posting, um, I think. Or they might have been able to, but he was subject to like the international free agent um, pool. So he was only able to sign for like a very limited amount for his like signing bonus or whatnot. Like hmm. it, he was part of like the same pool that uh, teams have to obey. Like when they sign Latin players and stuff like that, because he yeah. came over and he was like so young or something like that, but he just wanted to come play here.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, he's got the skill for sure from what he, what he shows. Yeah. Um, go for it.
0: It's just cool because he's so young. Like we haven't had a player like that. We get a lot of Japanese players and like like Pete listed off like all the great aces over in Japan that have come over. But it's like we're also getting them when they're like about to hit their 30s and stuff. So it's yeah. kind of funky. And then they have to like, pitch in like a shorter rotation because in Japan they pitch with like six man rotations. So they there's just so many frequent injuries, unfortunately, for a lot of the Japanese pitchers over Like, the
2: history. Yeah. And there's only... I mean, I looked up last time how many Japanese, like, born players have come and played in the majors. I think it was, like, 54 or somewhere in there. 50, 60. And then from Korea, though, it's only 21 players. Okay. So, and that's since 1994. So, I mean, I feel like there's been a lot recently, and obviously a lot of 21 isn't a ton, but... I don't know. That's... No, I agree. I think there's a lot more and that's that's just the major
0: league level like how many players from korea potentially come over just to see if they can like make it just through our minor system i feel like i feel like yeah. that happens i think there was a, a padre pitcher that we signed or a japanese pitcher that we signed that like spent the majority of his time during his contract in the minors so i don't know how many like players even linger between the two levels But anyways, I think that's uh, we've exhausted as much as we can probably talk about the Korean League and Japanese League without researching more. It's pretty fascinating to me. I wish I knew more. But with uh, 30 teams and 162 games each season from Major League, it feels like you get enough baseball content just from that the single league. (laughs) Um, But the next topic that we're going to kind of transition to here, I think, um, is one that Casey proposed. Casey, you want to ask us the question that you suggested for this uh, podcast yeah.
1: yeah so I thinking along the lines of like kind of what we talked about last show with the um shortened season I guess and something I kind of want to talk about was almost in a sense of like a rent-a-player like how Mookie Betts kind of was to the Dodgers or how we like Verlander kind of was to the Astros in their uh 2017 run kind of players like that so it got me thinking like if your team is super close to to making that winning push for this season. And, like, and the few players I have in here, I feel like could make or break teams, especially in like the right fit. So for example, I'll kind of give out like my biggest one I thought about when I kind of like exercised this. And it was sending Francisco Lindor to the Dodgers in exchange for, you sent over Corey Seager, Jock Peterson, and David Price. Just because it helps the Indians out a little bit. They're not getting nothing back. Um, and you can flex around money or not just for like the sole purpose of entertainment. I use players only with this just cause it's more fun to talk about players. Um, but i saw the Dodgers being that 102 win team that projected to like a, almost being like the Mariners record of 116 wins. Um, even with the shortened season, I feel like if they have Lindor, they would just monster the people. They already mashing through lineups and Jock Peterson's only a bench player. Corey Seager. I feel like is a, a downgrade to Francisco Lindor. I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I gave you guys kind of a list of players. That was just one of the big ones I thought about. So, like, what do you guys kind of think?
2: And this is with the Cardinals, obviously, where I'm going with this. And then also with Arenado. I feel like, I mean, even before Dirt, I mean, no matter what time of the year you add Arenado to the Cardinals, if you do, I think that becomes the best infield in the majors you have colton long at second base who just won a gold glove you have paul goldschmidt at first who has three gold gloves i don't know how many arenado has but he's at third your corners are unlocked second base is solid you have paul the de- paul de young who's your weak point in the infield at shortstop but he's still a pretty <laughs> solid shortstop and then you have the best best catcher in the league behind the plate in yandere molina so
1: i so I mean, honestly, so J rob yeah. Sorry to cut you off here. I kind no, of got me thinking of that as well. So on that list as well, I added Trevor story. So with you being a Cardinals fan, how much would you give up or what would you give up if you could get a package deal from the Rockies to get Trevor story and Arenado over to St. Louis? Like what, what has to happen? Obviously Matt Chapman has to go. I feel like at that point I would even honestly, it, yeah, sorry, Yeah. Matt Carpenter. It's, Excuse me. Get
0: rid of um, Chapman, dude. You're gone. You're you're out of here, man. <laughs> get
2: out of
1: Oakland. Um, um, this is straight. Chapman,
2: you're out, dude. <laughs> get yeah, out, get out, out of Oakland, Matt. We're, we're, getting, Matt we're moving Chapman around
0: out. all the best third basemen.
1: <laughs> yeah. You go I one. mean, I would say, yeah, Matt Carpenter has to go. Um, DeJong, I feel like, has to go. But you, uh, what else would you give the Rockies to get their... In a sense, two of their three best players out of Colorado into St. Louis, and keep, if you if you guys both got Story and yeah Story's the shortstop, if you guys both got Story and Arnato you would be my World Series pick right there.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, that yeah, that if we got both, which I don't think we could ever pull off. I mean, maybe if we did, that'd be a dream come true. Because yeah, I, we'd give up to young. I feel like because I mean, they're downgrading a little bit. Obviously, we're upgrading our third base would be upgraded. Um, but then with that, Cardinals have a lot of young outfield talent, and I don't know for sure what the Colorado Colorado outfield is looking like. Um, but Not like, great.
1: yeah, yeah, your I mean, your best then, your best player is Blackman.
2: Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and he's aging too. I don't know how old he is, but he's up there. He's been in the league for a while. But we have Dylan Carlson, who's a stud. Tommy Edmond, who was a rookie last year. Literally, he was doing amazing. We played him at second. We played him at third. We played him in the outfield. Like, we put him wherever. But if we picked up Story and Arenado, that would be our infield. We can put him in the outfield. We also have Lane Thomas. We have Harrison Bader, who's a stud. We do have Dexter Fowler, Matt Carpenter, we'd be able to get rid of. So, I mean, none of those are names or necessarily big names, but there's a lot of young potential in there that we could give up and honestly i'd be fine with giving up because that makes the cardinals a win now and with trevor story who has power Arnada who has power both of those have good glove Colt Wong, more of the glove than anything else but like DeYoung, young like just our infield is power for the most part solid defense we still have young talent in the outfield like pitching is amazing but with that kind of offense and that kind of defense behind the pitching yeah, like, well, I mean, with bias and even putting bias aside, like we I put us in the World Series. Like, I mean, yeah, we have to go. So I mean, obviously,
1: depending, but go for it. How I would see this trade going out, and it's kind of it's gonna kind of get a little complex here. Mm-hmm. For how I kind of configured mm-hmm. this. Um, so, what I would do if I were the Cardinals, I would ship Colton Wong to Colorado with. Oh, I have it pulled up right here. Um, with Dexter Fowler. And then I would send Matt Carpenter to Miami to acquire Starling Castro. And like you, and like I know you like Colton Wong. He's probably one of your best Starling players Castro's on your team. with the Nationals. But with the Nationals now. Sorry, with the Nationals. Okay. Um. Sorry, I. You know, I don't follow. Jeez, him, so I'm not a big Starling Chapman, Castro
3: You think Chapman is in Oakland? You think Castro's in Miami?
1: I know. I, I <laughs> players move around too much. So I would say if you can if you can upgrade to start to Trevor Story (laughs) offensively with that and have Castro in there for I mean, you're obviously losing at second base. But to get Story and Aronado, I feel like that's almost like a no brainer for the Cardinals.
2: Yeah, I feel like I mean, and that's the thing. The Cardinals. So two years ago, 2018, the Cardinals had, I think, the most errors in the majors or they're like super low.
0: Jose Martinez.
2: Yeah, and then last year, 2019, we were maybe the best, but we had, like, the biggest gap difference by far than any other team, like, best improvement. Um, And the only major thing that changed from, like, 2018 to 2019 was putting Paul Goldschmidt at first base. In 2018, we had, like, a mixture between, like, Matt Carpenter. I'm trying to think of who else, but, like, we didn't have a set first baseman. Um, That was a struggle, but because... Uh, Paul Goldschmidt is such a good glove over there at first like even bad throws from like Carpenter when he's playing third because that's definitely not his best position because he doesn't have a strong enough arm or DeYoung young at short like Colton usually has a good arm but just he's able to eat those up and prevent errors and that also I think helped the Cardinals like win more games obviously less errors I mean you're keeping runs off the board so Paul Goldschmidt was a big pickup. And so even if we got rid of Colt Long, who obviously just won the gold glove, like you still have a solid first baseman to where a decent second baseman isn't going to kill you or it's not going to be that big, especially with adding more power and better defense, both at third and shortstop. So, I mean, if, yeah, if we could pull that off, obviously I wouldn't give up the team to get both of those. But if we could work something out, I mean, that's definitely, that puts the Cardinals in a win now win this year, this short season, or even if we get them for more than a year, like next year, we're in contention as long as we have them, essentially.
1: Yeah, I like that. Uh, What's your thoughts, Peter? What's something that came to your mind or like a player that like you could just see impacting with like the kind of rent player or whatnot? Yeah, absolutely. So the first name on the list that you sent us, Lindor,
3: popped out right away. As a Yankee fan, you know, we've had some pretty solid shortstop play since Jeter left, even though Jeter wasn't that good his last couple of years, still a legend. But, like, we've never quite fully replaced him Got that superstar kind of player. So, like, Francisco Lindor, I was just, like, put him on the Yankees, just, like, absolute superstar, great player, would just be amazing. So, well, I would give up to go get Lindor, and, I mean... You know, he's a superstar. You're probably going to want more than this. But I'd definitely trade Urshela. One of our bull pe- bullpen pieces, not Britton or Chapman, but somebody else, like, we got a, you know, pretty strong, solid bullpen, get rid of one of those guys. And at least, like, you know, a couple top two or three prospects, you know, just to go get this superstar shortstop and then have a infield of Andujar, uh, Lindor, Torres, and LeMahieu, like that is all really good defensive players, all definitely can go out and hit the ball with our pitching that's been improved this year, just a killer defense there and then obviously our outfield if they stay healthy can, you know, hit 60 home runs apiece in a full season, so I think I mean, One player like I
1: would it. one player I would add to that just to make it more enticing for the Indians, because they kind of have a lot of turnover in their infield, would be Luke Voigt, too, for you guys. I mean, he just got raw power. He would yeah. be at DH, and he could switch between, I think Carlos Santana's playing first base right now for them. So those two could split DH mm. first base time. I can see that being a win-win for them. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to take a lot to get Lindor out of Cleveland. But, I mean, yeah, if anyone absolutely. could do it, it could be... It's going to be a high market team, like the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Angels. Like they're they're going to be one of the only teams that get Lindor out of there. So you probably have the best shot out of anyone to get Lindor. But yeah,
3: the you got places you can move. The Yankees have, or definitely always, you could go get a person if you want to go get them.
2: One thing I thought, uh, uh, Urshah, go for it,
1: Casey. Well, I should say on the topic of the Indians. I want to see Mike Clevenger go to um, San Diego just to help Jake out. And the reason I say that, um, sorry, I, pulled I had it pulled up. Just with how the Padres are kind of built right now, I just think Clevenger would fit really well into that role position for their bullpen. I mean, because if you have Mike Clevenger setting up Kirby Yates, I mean, like, come on. Like, your eighth and ninth inning are are a lock.
0: Clevenger as a setup man?
1: Yeah. I know he's not necessarily used as that, but I just think he's more effective out of the bullpen, in my opinion.
0: Interesting. I, I think Clevenger would be great. I think he would fit the San Diego vibe really well with his hair and his sunflowers that he loves. I think he'd be awesome. I mean...
1: But I I I would
0: 100% use him as a starter. He's got all-star caliber stuff. I'm not taking that out of the rotation and really made him to, like, 80 innings. I'd rather him try to go out there and put out 200 innings for us. So that's – I I would want him as a starter. No way in hell as a reliever.
1: I mean, he's a great starter, but I don't know. The starters
0: are the most impactful pitchers, so – I'm taking. If I, think, if I get, if I we're getting him, he's a starter for us.
1: To each their own, I guess. I guess that's why I'm a. We Mariner don't need fan. the
0: bullpen we, help anyways, either. We already have a really good yeah. bullpen.
2: I'd say the only way he goes to the bullpen is if you have bullpen issues and you have like five other starters who are better than him, which would be unlikely, but yeah.
0: I, yeah, like I, I think mean I think I think bullpen re- resorting a pitcher to the bullpen is like Plan B. Like this guy has a really great fastball and a really good slider. His control's so so. Like he has trouble. He can get he can get an out. He can get three outs. He can go in there one two three. Hmm. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a lights out setup man. I think he would be the closer. I think he'd probably be better than Kirby Yates. But I think if you have a starter who can mix and match, his – like three four offerings and can work his way through a lineup three times that's insane value that you don't take out of the rotation
2: and yeah even i mean closers are great i mean obviously you need a good closer but at the same time pitchers are usually closers because they can't make it through the the rotation or like through the batting order multiple times obviously that's not the case always but like yeah they just have less pitches and usually again that's because they're only in the bullpen so they Less, but it's they don't have as good of stuff as the starters do, at least consistently. And I mean, that's why they're in the...
0: But to Casey's point as well, enough. it could be the pitcher... It also just fits their mentality a lot better. Like Chapman. Yeah. Like, I don't think anybody would have doubted Chapman to be a solid starter. Um, mm-hmm. But he was put into that role and he really thrived in it. So he's stuck there ever since. Same with like Neftali Feliz back for the Rangers in the day. He yeah. was kind of put there. Like... Wainwright, when he was young, was a great closer. Smoltz was a great closer at point in time, but they both were put back into the rotation because there's just more value as like a three-starter mm. who's solid that can go out there every fifth day for you to fill the gap um, than a bullpen piece. That's what I think. Yeah. Um, I think bullpen is the easiest to acquire and to bolster.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. I agree with that. I think one thing I thought of as well, I'm kind of jumping back to like Arenado. What do you guys think? And nothing to do with the Cardinals necessarily. Like this is a question I have for you guys going off of that. But do you guys think that the Rockies try and sell him or trade him? Like because he had at the end of this year, I believe, is when that like clause in his contract comes up that he can like get out of his contract and everything and become a free agent. So do you think, because what happened this offseason before COVID-19 came around and everything, there's just talks or he came out and said he was dissatisfied yeah. with the management and everything. So do you think they trade him or they risk him leaving in the offseason? And then if he does leave, so if it's up to him, if it's his choice, where does he go? And then, or, or I guess, what's his best fit? Or where if the Rockies trade him, where are they going try to trade him to? Obviously, they're going to try to get the most value for him. I guess just more. Where's the best fit for him, or where do you think he wants to go?
1: I think, I think he's gone. I think he's already upset with Colorado. I think he wants to go and win while he's still in his prime. Yeah. And I think if the Rockies front office was smart, instead of trying to sell tickets now, like rebuild for your future and get something out of Arenado. Obviously, it's easier said than done. Because you got to find a buyer, you got to find a place he's going to fit. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's a few places I think he fits pretty well in. Um, one would be with the Dodgers. I think you, you should pop Justin Turner and get some of their pieces just because the Dodgers and I'm looking at the roster. They have a lot of talent. That's not in the starting lineup and I get it. They can use it for off days and whatnot, but you could really get some pieces back from the Dodgers and even money. Uh, another one would be the Yankees just because I think. Arenado's upgrade over Urshela. Um, and even let's see, I had to pull up. Where do they go? I have so many rosters pulled up. Yeah, no, that'd be... Um, and I... Go. Cool. Sorry. Um, and my last team, I, I would see him fitting well and would be... And you have to play around with this. You had to basically send him to Toronto and you transform or convert, excuse me, um, Vlad Jr. to a first baseman and put Arnold at third.
2: Oh, I like that. I like that one a lot, actually. Okay, I feel like, yeah, with him with Vlad he's more like he's got a big body and I mean nothing wrong with that but like I mean
0: Vlad's on his way over to first that's for sure man (laughs) (laughs) so young
2: and everything as of right now that's doable but yeah just once he gets into the years and I mean, to prolong his career as well he's gonna need to be at first base yeah 100% yeah first
3: baseman headed to DH with the way he's shaping up
0: that'd be really interesting though for Toronto to be able to get a arenado and not have to give up any of like their young core
1: and if they could add like another
0: arm that they would be they would be pretty that'd off. be
2: dangerous yeah. yeah
1: i mean one thing that would be in the rockies favor to get arenado off their team is how big that contract is yeah like if you can get that if you can get that money off your payroll like that opens up a lot of possibilities and like the 2021 free agent class like it's not the massive free agent class but it's got some good signings, and that you can present to those money at.
0: Yeah, I think uh, Colorado is a very interesting front office. They're like family oriented, like, or run, I think. And Mm -hmm. they like, they've made very odd decisions. Like just their off-season acquisitions have been like super strange. Like I feel like their off-season acquisitions have cost them a lot, uh, not just in terms of money, but also just like giving (laughs) themselves a chance because it feels like they take them – themselves out of being potential players for other better players like they get like people who are like just below the like star free agent like they got Ian Desmond to like a 6-year deal after his one good year and with Texas and he's been trash
1: they got But the thing is too um sorry go ahead, Jake your tangent. No 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 jump in So I think the thing is is I think these older power hitters they could revive their career in colorado with the higher altitude like mark reynolds was you know a star from the past and he's he's doing okay out in colorado and you say with ian desmond like they're hitting these massive bombs i mean i'm not looking at their numbers right now but (laughs) i assume that has to play a part into it like
0: yeah but you're not reviving someone's career when you hand out a six-year deal
1: yeah i mean i had had a lot of faith in the guy i think this was the one
0: who revived it because it was flat after he came out of Washington, but anyways, like they signed like a a record deal for like a relief pitcher, I think, for Wade Davis, who's who struggled. They went and got oh, I'm pretty sure they signed him to a big deal, and then they went and got like Brian Shaw, like another reliever and stuff. Like they just paid really big money for like their bullpen, but it didn't pay off. They paid a lot of money to Blackman, who's like already was already on the decline, but I don't know. As the front office, I find it very hard to try to. I think you have to look at all options, of course, but I I don't know how you can be the one who trades the franchise's best player ever to play there. I think that's tough. When you already had, like, a contract in place to keep him, like, a Rocky forever. I feel like you got to do whatever you can to keep Arenado.
3: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, to not potentially damage anyone wanting to go there in the future and stuff. Yeah, I can see that.
0: But... I think to Casey's point, what she was talking to j Rob a little bit ago, if they did rebuild, Arenado and Story are great two pieces to move to kick off a really strong rebuild right away.
2: What? So, anybody have any more comments on that? I have another question regarding rent to play, but different. No, I, I'm I'm good. We'll move on. Okay. Um, so, with rent to players, do you guys feel like? I mean, I might have my thoughts on this, but I'll let you guys go first. Do rental players, do you guys feel like, help bigger markets more? Or do you see bigger markets going for those like like Mookie Betts or like Arenado? Like if somewhere, some teams would go after him this year, knowing he might hit free agency after the season or things like that. Do you feel, is it the bigger teams usually going for those? Or do you feel like it's pretty even with what you see?
1: I think it depends on the player. And the reason I say that is look at 2016 when Chapman kind of needed a change of scenery in New York, but he wanted the New York money. The Cubs were like, Hey, we want to make a push this year. We got a good chance. Let's get a lockdown closer. I mean, even though, in my opinion, Chapman did struggle in the world series against the Indians, but he did ultimately get the job done to kind of fulfill their need. They got a ring out of it. whether, they say it was help with Chapman or not. They got to where they did with that roster. On the other hand, I feel like a player like, for example, like Cattell Marte, I think if you could potentially get something out of him, not necessarily like a Yankees or a Dodgers, but let's say like, let's just throw in a name here, the White Sox. The White Sox, could could tell Marte, that could be a player that ultimately could help them in that current season, and have a chance. If they show success with him, they would probably pay him. He, to where just we,
0: for, sorry, just the Cattell Marte example. He is signed through twenty twenty two with options for twenty three and twenty four. So he kind of has a contract. But I, I keep going, keep going, keep going. I think your point's still valid.
1: Yeah, no, yeah. It's just like players like that, or I guess like Cattell Marte is a bad example because he is signed, but a, similar players like that, to where not necessarily like your star R and auto player uh, story story. Yeah. Like players that could help you in the immediate, the immediate impact. And if you show success, there is the option of getting paid with that club to build that success. So I think there's, it's a, there's tiers of rent a player. I should say like yeah. Chapman, obviously was going to go back to New York. Yeah, the Cubs yeah. weren't going to pay him. Like it was, they underlyingly knew he wasn't going to resign with Chicago. He was going back to New York. So, yeah, I mean, I would I, yeah,
3: I would definitely say I feel like every year, big market clubs are going to go after the rent of players, but it's the smaller market teams that like they make a really smart move, like when they know they're in contention and stuff. Like the example that sticks out really big in my head is CC Sabathia with the Brewers. Yeah, it was like awesome. they picked. <laughs> Yeah, they picked him up off the Indians because, you know, they were trying to make a push for that year. And, I mean, they just threw the hell out of his arm. Like, <laughs> yeah, they he did. was pitching on three days rest. Like, you know, they're like, he's not signing with us, but, like, yeah. we're here <laughs> this year, so let's make this pickup. Let's go for it. And, like, yeah. you know, he got him in the playoffs. He pitched really well in the playoffs, and then he moved on. Whereas, like, teams like the Yankees and, you know, the Dodgers, stuff like that will, like they'll pick up pieces every single year to try to make that push. Cause they're always in contention, but it's small markets. Like they just have to be a lot more like smart easier. about when they're going to try to get that run player. And like, I mean, CC paid off really well for the brewers, but like, I mean, I'm sure there's misses that people can think of too, but like CC, just, yeah, yeah. Like, really sticks out in my mind is a really, really smart. Let's go get this guy for a couple months. I mean abuse the hell out of his arm like I'm shocked he pitched so well for so long after that year but (laughs) Jake what are your thoughts
0: um I think it's like a a blend of both what Casey and Peter saying uh I think I agree with Casey how it's like the different tiers it's like your your tier one or your tier a uh players are amazing to get and it, it fits the team if they're in the window of contention like and they just want to reinforce it so like a player or example like Pete said like one that failed was uh, the A's when they went and got John Lester and like Jeff Samarja mm-hmm. and Jason Hamill to reinforce the rotation because I think they were riding with like Bartolo Colon, Colon's like revival and stuff but they brought in like a surefire ace and like Lester Samarja was having his best season to date Hamill was being very productive. And uh, they were they lost in like the wild card game, so it didn't pay out for them. Um, but I think the common theme here, uh, it's not if it's a big market team or if it's a small market team. I think it's both. If they fall within, um, if they're contending and they have an opportunity to make the playoffs, and they feel like it might be one of their better bets in the next three years, they have to take that evaluation. But then they, it's not. We say big market team, like they can go sling and get whoever they want. That's not really the case. It's really dependent on how you've built up your farm system. That's what your currency is at that point. And that's where I think a lot of small teams can kind of compete and go get the John Lester, the CC Sabathias, the Cliff Lee, like, you know, those uh, Trevor Bauer, just because if you have the assets in the farm system, then you're able to spend that and go get that player. Um, to get that done for an example that for a team who hasn't been able to do that to reinforce the team to make sure they get that final push has been the angels angels have had a trash farm system for years now with Mm -hmm. mike trout up and they haven't been able to get that push like they've had years where they've been around 500 they've gone over it a little bit but they haven't been able to bring in impact talent for trades um and so i think the farm system is very dependent on uh that acquisition of those rented players, but they can be amazing. I, I forget, if there's somebody else who's on my mind that just came over and absolutely like destroyed for a team recently. I can't think of them, but those are my thoughts.
2: Uh, yeah, no, so, it's a really good point. Um, just with like the farm system and everything, because well, I mean, my first thought or what I was thinking of when I thought of this question was I mean, I always go back to the Cardinals, but like. I mean, it goes with being in contention, but even with the Cardinals and like Arenado, like when they were in trade talks and everything, I just remember the Cardinals were very hesitant or just like it took a lot of back and forth. And then the Cardinals were almost like backing out because, I mean, yeah, the Colorado wanted a lot for what they were giving up. But then the Cardinals didn't want to give up a ton because he was potentially leaving after. The one season Um, and I felt like just because we're, I mean, we're not like a small market. I'd say we're more of a medium market, but because of that, like, I don't know. The Cardinals are just in general with John Mosaylock, he's a general manager. He's just very hesitant. He's not one to go get like or make big moves. I mean, when we got Paul Goldschmidt, I was surprised like that's the biggest thing we got since. Dexter Fowler who didn't fan out. Do you or, guys I mean, remember
0: do you remember Matt Holliday? Was he a midseason acquisition for you guys? Um from the A's or something, I think. I think he traded Colorado. from Colorado to A's in the yeah. offseason, then to you guys, and then you guys signed with to like the seven-year hundred million dollar deal or something. Can't remember
2: if that was midseason.
0: But that um, goes to Casey's to point of like this, this whole question of just like kind of sales pitching and like you guys sold him on like St. Louis and like just the Fans and everything, I think.
2: Yeah, because yeah, because I do remember. I mean, picking him up, and and that was a big one as well. I mean, since, uh well I guess Dexter Fowler, there's Jason Hayward the year before, but he was only with us for a couple years. Oh, and but Hayward didn't to the stick. Cubs. That's
3: who was. Yeah.
2: yeah, and like called us old. Yeah, and then
0: you guys are in the semis said.
2: last year. <laughs> yeah. um The holiday. That's what I'm looking up, but. I don't know. So there's things like that. I feel like, and and again, this is bias. I mean, just with the market that I'm around, but I feel like with the Cardinals because we're smaller again, not like small, but we're just not, we're not the Yankees. We're not Boston. We're not the Dodgers. Like I feel like they're just more willing or they're less hesitant to go after those big names, even if it's just for a one year deal, because They have more money, and it's not always that. But usually, I mean, with that, usually with more money, you have a pretty good farm system as well. Obviously, you have to build that, but you can go get players like Young for cheap that are pretty good. But, like, obviously, you have to give stuff up for that. But
3: I think that's true. The big market
2: teams can go
0: take that chance on, like, that uh, older veteran who has, like, not the greatest contract, but they're going to take a shot that he can be like, a solid uh, production rather than relying, like, on a rookie or more of an experience, like, uh, I don't know, like, Andrew McCutcheon when he came over yeah. from the Giants to the Yankees. Like, he wasn't the best player at the time, but he kind of shored up a little bit more for them, and they mm-hmm. probably didn't think twice about the money, to your point.
3: Yeah, I And know. definitely, as a Yankees fan, like, we always go and get at least smaller pieces every year to try to help us, which is nice, but, like... I've been frustrated multiple times over the past couple of years because, like, they don't want to give up the farm system. Like, we could have gone and got Verlander instead of the Astros. True. I can't remember the other pitcher in the last, like, year or two. They're, like... Grinky, Grinky, yeah. they like, like, Britain could have offered the pieces to go get, but, like, they're protecting the farm system to try to make bigger moves. But it's, like... And they always make smaller moves, so it's kind of, like, the frustration of... Trying to always make sure you're good rather than like, let's win one this year. Yeah, I guess the, l- is the biggest thing you guys have gotten
0: was like Stanton, but that was more taking on money than anything else.
3: Yeah, we didn't give up like a lot of prospects or anything really for him, which is.
1: Thank kind Garrett for me, the but... biggest bro moving sports for that one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean,
3: we'll see how many games he ends up playing. He might end up being a mini Ellsbury, but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So know, to I mean, round
1: off. Next- to round off this kind of question, I kind of wanna like don't put a lot of thought into this. I'm gonna basically read off these 12 players that contracts are ending, or like, so they are free agents starting 2021. And I kind of want to hear like your don't put a lot of detail into it, kind of just like the player you pick thoughts, yeah. and where they're gonna fit the best. Just kind of like top things off this topic. So the top 12 are Yoannis Espidus, Mookie Betts, Giancarlo Stanton, Jake Arrieta. Masahiro Tanaka, Jordan Zimmerman, J.D. Martinez, George Springer, Yadier Molina, Carlos Santana, and Shin Su Chu. Did you say Stan? So, Stan? I, yeah, Stan. What? He does have a player option for oh. 2021, but... He's sticking around. <laughs> he technically... Yeah. So basically, I just want to hear... Yeah, yeah. You need to pick one player and where they you think they should go. Okay. We'll re-list them. Yeah. one is on and issue order,
2: let's go through my, let's go through
0: each my, player just like ask somebody uh, yeah. though casey and then you can take a player as well okay. let's we'll just go like down okay. the line
1: so yeah so sorry you want P- assess, he P- wants to me kick
0: off. then you go j-rob Pete me and then you we'll just go though yeah, so, so who
2: who am i yeah. Yeah. give him
0: a, I give him, him a give him a name let's go down the list with the names like okay. say okay. the name so and he'll give J-Rob,
1: you a Rob, you're gonna do j-rob uan
2: so, I'm just saying, is he staying? Is he going? If he is going,
1: is he staying? Is he going? Yeah. Was he staying? Is he going or, yeah. he staying, he is he going, or where is he going?
2: Mm, I don't know. That For me, I feel like that's a tough one because okay, he's with the Mets, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I feel, I mean, if the Mets are going to pay him and everything, like, if it's not coming down to money or anything like that. I feel like he would stay because I feel like the Mets are on an uptick. But I mean, also I feel like the Mets have kind of been almost on that, like climb for a couple of years now, but they haven't actually made that step. If that makes sense, like they have high mm-hmm. hopes, but they never reached that. Um, just because who is the, the rookie of the year this year? What well, he was on the Mets with what, like 52 home runs.
0: Yeah. Alonso. Uh,
2: Pete Alonzo. Pete yeah, Alonso. Like, so I mean, obviously he's a stud on their team. Um, like they have a lot of, good pitching, like they have freaking Thor on that their team. I freaking love him. I want him to their bust
1: their out. rotation is their rotation is deep. Yeah. Yeah. They have Strowman, DeGrom, uh, Porcello, Michael Waka, like Yeah.
2: And when the they feel like he would stay is j- like I mean without looking into it more just my first thought, just because the Mets and again even though they've almost felt like they should be realized for the last couple of years but haven't I mean with even with Pete Alonso like even just that one more piece their offense is so much better 52 home runs that's a ridiculous number that's almost yeah. one every third game that's crazy um, and maybe he doesn't do that again in his career but he's obviously going to have power throughout his career and if he stays healthy that's a big bat so first instinct or like first thought I would say he stays just because like that I mean they're they got a good team good uh, lineup have some power in their lineup, so I would say he stays. If he does go somewhere, um, probably AL. I don't know. Are
1: you, yeah, y- yeah, yeah you don't. Like have to, yeah, DH. we don't have
0: to. Yeah, we don't have to go this long. We can we can stick with yeah, the Mets. That can be your choice. We can go to the yeah, next guy. that's fine.
1: So Pete, the next guy is Mookie Betts. Where is he going? Is he staying? Um,
3: I think he ends up staying in LA just because they're not for a ton of uh, money. And, you know, he's already moved. And so I think that, it, like, you make that trade having talked to his agent anticipating him staying. So unless something goes really wrong, I would guess he stays. But honestly, like, and this is what I thought of as a rental player, is Mookie Betts. So what I would want him to do is I would want him to go to the Angels because I want to see a prime Mike Trout playoff chase playoff year. Like, yeah, that'd, and obviously the Angels that. still need to upgrade, but like, adding Mookie bets in there. And then if Otani stays healthy, you got Mike Trout, obviously is a beast, like, and if I want to see Rendon. that. <laughs> yeah. yeah right Rendon, like, yeah. So you get that and put Mike Trout in the middle of a playoff chase watching that would just like, that would be incredibly fun as a baseball fan. So that's what I would want to see. But I would guess yeah. he stays with the Dodgers. Cause like, you don't make that trade
1: without anticipating him staying. So I agree. All right, Jake, you're up with Giancarlo Stanton.
0: <laughs> he's going to stay. He's not going to pass he's the 29 safe. mil.
1: Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. he's going to stay. All right, next is Jake Arrieta. I, I think I'm with Pete. I want to see Mike Trout win. I want to see – it hurts me that it's my own division, but I want to see a prime Mike Trout. I want him to have his best legacy as he can. I think if he wins a championship in his career – that puts him over the top where he's the best player in baseball. And we can talk about it on another podcast, but I want to see Jake Arrieta to go to the angels to help Mike Trump. Um, J Rob, you're up with Masahiro Tanaka.
2: Oh, where does he, where's he at again? Yankees? New York. The Yankees. Thank <laughs> Yankee. you. Uh, I don't know with him. I think how, when did he, how long has he been in the league? Hasn't been very long, has it? Or no, he's older. Uh, he's been in for a
1: I think since, like, he, yeah, I he came I over like 2013. later, but
3: he's, like, I think early to mid-30s. Okay. But so he's only been here for a few years. I think he might. Yeah, be. he came over in 2013.
2: I don't think it's, like, necessarily anything to do with the Yankees or anything or, like, what he's done. But I don't know. Just maybe with a lot of... Like the Yankees, they have a lot of young talent, so I don't know. Maybe they keep him just because he, like, more of a veteran and just have more of that with a lot of their young players. But I wouldn't be surprised at the same time if he does leave. I think he would stay. Dang, he's only 32. Jeez, oh. I didn't know he was so young. Yeah, that's what I just looked
3: up. I thought he was older. I thought he was like 24, 35.
2: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. I don't know. I don't know where he would go though. I think. I think he stays. I think he stays. Really? Uh, yeah.
1: I mean, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised either way. Yeah. yeah I, it's hard if the Yankees the Yankees they have money I feel like they if, if he's been around this long I think he stays I think anyone in the Yankee system yeah, it's hard to give up that
0: they've shown that they want to keep like starters around when they're like solid enough options in New York rather than like I feel like taking a mm-hmm. chance on somebody else who's not going to like cut it in New York mm-hmm. like, yeah, like JA or something like yeah. that
3: I feel like they definitely fun. rather keep an older experienced veteran than pitch a rookie starter it's the Track record they have. Cool. Yeah,
1: I like it. All right. Uh, Pete, you're up. Jordan Zimmerman, the starting pitcher for the Detroit Tigers.
0: Dude, I don't know if that guy's getting a contract.
1: Yeah, I don't <laughs> think so either. We'll, we'll skip him. Pete, we'll give you a better one. Pete, J.D. Martinez, uh, where's he going?
3: I definitely feel like he leaves Boston just because... I mean, they've already spent a lot of money. They have a lot of younger players. And, like, you know, he signed his two-year contract super late in the season, so he's going to want to cash in big. He opted and I don't, back, not Sorry. Yeah, but I don't necessarily think the Red Sox will offer him the most money. Especially, I mean, he's apparently, I just looked it up. He's 32, so he's not, like, super old, but he's also, you know, doesn't bring much to the table besides hitting. So I don't I feel like the red Sox. i mean if you're gonna trade away uh in his prime Mookie bets because you don't want to spend that much money on him and then you turn around and spend that money on jd martinez i don't think that's a smart baseball decision so i feel like he's going somewhere i couldn't predict exactly where i think he's gonna go but i don't see him re-signing with the red Sox. yeah, yeah i think especially because he's like hasn't been there forever so it's not like he's gonna be super attached loyalty to them you know like Go He's eight, now
1: bro. I could I'm yeah. gonna be devil advocate here and I think he goes to New York. I think and this is just me. I think uh going back to Jake with Giancarlo Stan, I think the Yankees move on from Giancarlo and take JD Martin. I don't think Stanton lets no, Stan, him Stan, Stan, It's Carlo a player what? option
0: Stanton's not going to say "Yeah, I'm going to pass on the yeah. t- like, Freaking like 200 yeah, million Left over to well, I me mean, That's then, what happened even with J.D. Then, McCar- you, you, Martinez He opted into the contract He was It was a player option So like the Red Sox didn't decide
1: I mean even Even if he, like, the Yankees do sign J.D. Martinez I think it's just a good bat to have I mean it's, it's a better backup than having Luke Boy
3: Yeah definitely I mean, I would like them signing him as long as they keep it to like a two year contract, not going super long for that old of a player. But yeah.
1: All right. This next one is for Jake. And I think this is going to stir some, uh, some argument. So, George Springer.
0: Uh, yeah. That's an interesting one. It's like, where is his like year and dollar amount actually going to lie? Cause like he's, he's like going to be 32 or 33, I believe, as well. Like he's, He's a little bit gonna old. be 32. 32. um i don't think he's like a true center fielder so i think he probably is more of a corner bat so that loses some value for him as well um i think he probably sticks in the a- with an a l team though still uh quick answer would be like i think it'd see the blue jays
1: yeah i could see that
2: quick quick yes or no on this before we move on so it doesn't take long yes or no does do astro players like over the next couple years when they get traded or hit free agency is their stock lower because of what has happened yes or no
1: i yes
0: yeah their stock is lower i think more players will have a yeah bigger hit
3: but not i would say yeah i was just gonna say i would say for the Role players like not stars, yes, it's gonna be lower. But for the like, I mean Bregman type of player, like they're still gonna get a massive contract. So they're still good players, obviously, but yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now this one is it lands on my turn. I feel bad for J Rob, but Yachty or Molina and I think he stays. I think he sounds a two-year deal. Um J-rob Carl Santana. Where is he staying in Cleveland?
2: Ooh. That one's tough because I tough. feel like I don't know, anytime. So in Cleveland, um, the like, because they're a small market team, anytime you get like a solid player and like, I mean, it depends. I think it almost comes down to the player. Like if they're wanting, if they built good enough ties and everything and like, they're going to offer him enough money, then he'll stay. But, i don't know cleveland's not going to offer the bank to him just because cleveland i feel like is a team that is a lot
3: more frugal with their money or they don't like yeah. no you're right they didn't already, already. like the first time yeah. yeah there's like no cleveland indians player that just stays for their whole career for there because they have so many like hall of fame superstar oh, players that they, they, they brought up through their organization and then they just wouldn't well, that go like, win and well, dominate on other teams
2: yeah, and it's because they don't want to spend the money. Yeah, at least what I feel like, or, or yeah, what track record shows, and so I, I feel like that one's tough. Like if he wants too much money, then like what Cleveland is willing to offer, then he's gone. I just, I think it depends on how much he wants, and like what the market is for him. So if I had to say yes or no, like stays or goes, I think he goes probably.
1: Yeah, I think he's going to be a journeyman at this point because he's 35, and he's going to be asking for a lot of money. I think he turns into a journeyman. He'll end up somewhere, probably, I don't know, Miami, Pittsburgh, yeah, just somewhere in just AL, to but...
0: Yeah, I assume he would probably be like a DH still.
1: At least that's he's where I see like
0: more value for him, just so he can get more at-bats. Okay.
1: okay um, who is it? Pete. Uh shin Shu chu like He's 38. Oh, he's Where's Korean, he by the way? Oh. 30.
3: Yeah, he's 38. He's retiring, brother. <laughs> Maybe he goes <laughs> to... He, he probably goes <laughs> to KBO. Yeah, I can see him going back. I mean, that's pretty old, so yeah, I feel like... Where is he at right now? Uh, Texas. Now Texas. Who? Yeah, and oh, especially being all. an outfielder, like pretty hard well they
1: actually have him listed out. on this as a DH right now Yeah. so apparently he's a DH now yeah he, he doesn't have much value in that field
3: anymore yeah already on that. so yeah I don't see him signing anywhere except maybe back in Korea to bring him back to the beginning All of right. the podcast
1: there we go Jake um, last one for you Jeff Samarja is he he's 36 is he staying in San Fran or is he leaving uh,
0: he's leaving. I don't think San Fran wants that old of a pitcher. Uh I don't know. Maybe they still need him to hold over till the young guys. Um uh, I think he'll go to Miami.
2: How's you what I think of Miami, I guess in just so words. Where does Miami make the playoffs in the next ten years?
1: No. Yeah. No. They're until they figure out what's going on with Jeter, they, they don't. All right, last one. This is my uh, my write-in. James Paxton, come back, <laughs> Big Maple, to Seattle. Please, I miss you.
2: Boy, cut this part out. Come yeah, on, yeah, then. it's already <laughs> cut. <laughs> well,
1: we well that, I, think that, uh, I think it wraps it up for tonight, boys. Yeah, yeah, we went a little
0: long today. I looked up, and I we're already at an hour when Casey. We went through that round of players, but... Anyways, you guys have any uh, last thoughts or words you want to uh, get out before we wrap up?
1: I would just big say maple come back. I miss you. Go Ems. <laughs>
3: <People>. Hey guys, <laughs> there's this uh, idiot Seattle fan that I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just an embarrassment. So, huh. but, you know, interesting. Interesting. that's all I have to say.
2: Uh, my last comment, just sticking to what I said last time. Um, Cardinals beat the Yankees in six World Series this year, but sticking to it, put some money on it. <laughs> it's a private conversation.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys for coming together for to record episode two of Shaggin Balls. Goodbye, internet. <laughs>